0: I'm your host Jason Miles and welcome to another episode of this is revolution podcast if you are new to the channel welcome glad to have you here hope you stay we hope you enjoy what you're watching and if you do enjoy what you're watching please make sure to hit the subscribe button and the like button on your way out if you're a returning subscriber fuck yeah good to see you back uh, one of our subscribers and patron of the show made a joke that I'm so mad I didn't take advantage of when making the thumbnail. We probably would' have had quadruple the viewers. I should have said, who was doing the political gooning? <laughs> people love that shit. I don't get it, but you people love it. Also, I want to send a great big thank you to all the folks that came out and hung out with me and Ben at the Rainbow in LA. Also, thanks again to the Rainbow for being so hospitable and badass. Let me bring in the faceless voice of reason. She hasn't been around too much, busy living her fancy life. Please welcome M. 2 Song.
1: Hello, hello. I'm here to find out who does the political grooming.
0: The political... <laughs> Is it you? No. I was talking about my nightmare. Remember the nightmare I told you I had the other day?
1: Oh, yeah.
0: Um, so as I was trying to describe the nightmare, uh, the waiter was walking up to the table... And I was like, yeah, you know, I was dozing off right at the part with the vampire orgy. And I woke up right when he was banging the guy in the ass. And the waiter walked up right when I said that.
1: All right.
0: And he went. <gasps> and then he just ran away.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, Jason. I'm sure it's not your first rodeo.
0: <laughs> I'm sure it's not the first vampire orgy that you yelled out at the table. But I laughed really hard because the look on that man's face was like uh, he was about to ask like is everything okay?
1: Yeah. And
0: and right when he says that I'm like yeah right at the vampire orgy and I'm like yelling out because it's a table full of people and there's like loud rock music playing so you know you know exactly. Exactly that's if you didn't come to the Valentine's Day communist get together that's what you missed. Yep. <laughs> Someone says I guess political gooning would be a whole other video.
1: mm mm-hmm.
0: Mhm. Let's eat. Bill knows a lot, especially with the youth. And if Bill knows what gooning is, then he is not Oh, he's shaking his head. <laughs> he's like, "No?" He's shaking his head, "Yes." <laughs> he knows. Okay. Bill does know a lot Arlo says LOL, someone else needs to wait this table, I'm out
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: the waiter actually came back and kind of wanted to you know, and I was like, hey, I just wanted to just explaining
1: it was a dream, I swear it was, it was
0: all It was a dream it was, like, it was all a dream <laughs> <laughs> but let's get serious here who's grooming the politicians about a week ago i saw a post from adam is it conover 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 about a political phenomenon he sees in his new home of los angeles he says uh he sees more and more people running as democrats who are actually backed by republicans This is a fear that people simply, there is a fear that people simply vote like they are signifying their gang affiliation. Your platforms matters less than the letter next to your name that will then signal my loyalty oath or vote. If Adam is correct on this, then what does that say about candidates that purport to espouse leftist values? Maybe they're DSA members. Maybe they even say they're socialists. What if these same people are taking money, not from Republicans, but from the Democratic Party or Democratic Party donors? Should we worry about these people as well? How how pervasive is this in the political arena and academia? And to talk to us about this, we have Insider political insider bill cody who worked for la city council member gil cedillo and has some inside dope on who gets money from where and how in certain areas having pressure having progressive credentials can get you in office but who will you serve if your funding is coming from a nefarious source please welcome bill cody
2: hey there i did want to say uh for those of you who uh, know who uh, Gil Cedillo is, I also work for Eric Garcetti, who many people figure is uh, a Biden-type uh, Democratic liberal, um, as well as Tony Cardenas and some other people. And uh, But I'm probably most proud of, I, I did a, a campaign with a Green Party candidate, and we were the first Green Party candidate to get matching funds in the United States. And uh, We actually used a uh, Jello Biafra uh, Patton Oswalt uh, concert and made everybody that lined up, mostly a bunch of punk kids who wanted to see Jello, fill out cards that they were donating to a political campaign. And that's how we were able to get get the young lady over the the line. And she's now a professor at uh, some university anyway. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs>
0: well, well, Bill has had if, if you want to know more about Bill We did, I mean, it was a couple Hours long, I think uh, Pop Life with Bill last year, I believe um, Check that out it's, there is, Pop Life has its own Playlist, so all the shows on TIR Have their own playlists On our YouTube channel So if you want to see that episode Definitely check that out, because Bill has a Long storied career in film in music, in politics. Um, didn't you teach in, uh, Northern Syria for a while?
2: Uh, Northern Iraq.
0: Okay. Iraq, Northern Iraq. Yeah. What we call uh, here on TIR, Iraqistan.
2: Iraqistan. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you know, that was, that was when it, I actually taught during the surge, and I had a bunch of students from Baghdad and I was telling somebody this story the other day, because we were talking about David Lynch and, um, uh, they had had a hard time flying up because they kept bombing the, the, the uh, runway at the Baghdad airport. Mm-hmm. And My bright idea was I wanted to show them a racer head so that they could see how sound could be used to make a small space look bigger. Mm-hmm. And when the lights came up, they looked over at me and it was just daggers. They were like, you know, you, you, you bomb our city, you invade us, and now you're showing us this? And um, the next day I went down to the bazaar and I got Little Miss Sunshine. They gave me a standing ovation for that. <laughs> <laughs> they were not too thrilled with the racer head. And they were like, <laughs> <laughs> well, it's like, it's bad enough you bomb us. Now you send us this. <laughs> now you're sending us art
0: films. We don't want your American art films.
2: <laughs> um, I don't want your stinking American art film. Um Bill, I
0: I, I want to first off remind people that you didn't always work in politics, that you were first in film and music. You've done it all. Uh, And there's a reason why you're writing a book. Uh, With with that being said, when I brought this to your attention, you had an interesting anecdote about an actor using A24 films as a springboard to a more mainstream career. Can you talk a bit about that for people that don't know how that works and, and then how that would tie in to what we're talking about here?
2: Well, it's and I was also talking about, um, you know, um, music uh, as well. Um, A lot of times, they, you know, you put somebody in a certain type of film, uh, you put them on a certain type of label that has connections to bigger labels and bigger Mm -hmm. agencies, so that they get that street cred, and then you move them up in the world. And, um, you know, there's nothing really wrong with that. But it's like, um, you know, most people, most people get in these jobs because they want to be somebody. And, uh, you know, a lot of times, um, getting that indie cred is the first step towards becoming something else. And, you uh, you know we always get disappointed when we find out oh they're just like everybody else but um yeah is that making sense
0: yeah um the, the, when you when you had you know when we were writing back and forth uh when you had mentioned you know it's like when that starlet gets in an a24 film i never would have thought to even use the music or film uh analogy um I've been in such a real deal underground world. I've never been around those people and I didn't make the LA move. Right. You know, LA is where you're going to see a lot more of that, where you're going to find someone and go, okay, well, let's put them on the indie first. And then we'll start having them work with these producers and blah, 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 blah,
2: Yeah. And it does, it, it doesn't make it necessarily doesn't, it doesn't make the person bad necessarily, but, uh, um, Just don't be surprised that that little indie band on the Warp Tour two years later is like, you know, writing big, huge pop songs with producers from Sweden. I mean, that's, you know, that's just how it works sometimes.
0: So basically what we're saying is it's not that people are selling out, it's that their image was a bit contrived.
2: Yeah, well, we'll look at, who's the biggest, and and I consider her more of a corporation than an artist, but Mm. you know, Taylor Swift came from country, you know, she, uh, was, you know, opening for George Strait, and that was her way. You know, I don't think she's played a country song in years now. Um, although I don't even know what, I, I can't even name a Taylor Swift song. Um, uh what's the name of that song?
0: Sink 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 yeah that's the only one. Oh yeah 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 shake it shake it off I
2: do know that one and I know the one that was in a American Express ad but uh but I was talking to somebody like I know eight, uh Miley Cyrus songs and when I was uh I just came back from Paraguay I think I told you that and um uh, I the last night I was I was standing out in the street and I heard that Miley Cyrus flower song and then I flew to Sao Paulo and they were it in the airport and it's like, uh, no escaping it. You can't escape it. Um, yeah. Anyway. So, yeah, I mean, I, I, I think what, one of the things I was writing back and forth to you is like, um, uh, you know, right now, one of the, this guy was actually talking about CD four and, uh, I kind of misunderstood it at first, but I was, Uh, LAist has a very good, um, if you want to find out where people's money is coming from in LA, they uh, have a very good um, uh, write-up on all the uh, candidates and where they're getting their money from and who's putting money in in, uh, what you call IEs, which is, uh, that's where, you know, somebody can buy an IE for $500,000 and say whatever they want. And, uh, of course they say, well, they don't have, you can't talk to the campaign then. And believe me, they do. Um,
0: what's what's IE stand for?
2: Independent, uh, is it, yeah, independent expenditure. Okay. And it's like, um, the, there were two, well, anyway, Nithya has an IE for her, but there's a giant independent expenditure from the firefighters against her, like $360,000. And I don't know what she did to piss off the firefighters.
0: And and we should probably explain who who you're talking about when you refer to Nithya. There was a woman and I believe she's the first DSA. Let me see. I have the censure letter here in front of me. Uh, Is she the first DSA LA candidate that they got in office? Mm hmm. Okay, so the first DSA-LA, not the first DSA candidate to get in office, Nithya Rahman is part of uh, City District 4, and she ran on housing, as many people did. I think it was over uh, 2020 she was running.
2: Uh, name somebody that didn't run on housing.
0: In, it, it, in California, thing. you're going to run on housing. You're going to run on – and now she, you're going to run on crime.
2: She also um, ran on homelessness because she had started a nonprofit around homelessness and uh uh and she, that was a was DS,
0: she was a dsa member i wouldn't say in my opinion she didn't do the exact same thing that we saw with people like aoc where there was a viral video that launched her into into the public light it was the first time i saw her was an interview i think on something like democracy now where she was they were talking about oh there's this socialist candidate running in la and i thought oh, this is gonna be interesting oh a socialist running on housing in los angeles this should be interesting and we've had different people on uh in socal the activist class that have not been too happy with her and don't necessarily feel that she is really a socialist or even espouses socialist values and you sent me this message with some deep dive information on who she is. And one thing I want to keep in mind here that this isn't some next level, like Manchurian candidate espionage going on here. The information that that you're quoting is public information. It's not here. Oh yeah.
2: Well, it's, yeah, I mean, you can look this up about Nithya. I mean, she's so the thing about Nithya is, um, and her husband are both, uh, I think they're both first generation, um she's a, a Indian American and so is her husband. Uh they met at Harvard. Uh both of their parents are extremely wealthy. Her husband is a big showrunner. He did uh a little show called 30 Rock. Damn. Um and a couple others that, you know, um I could live off the residuals. Um <laughs> and uh you know, Nithya's um I don't think she'd ever had a job more than like 10 months uh, when she ran. She was uh, the executive director of Time's Up Entertainment, which was supposed to be making films for Time's Up. She had that job for like 11 months.
0: And Time's Up
2: was? Time's Up was that after, yeah, after Me Too, and it was put together by Oprah's people and Hillary's people. Okay. You know, um, it's, it's Tina Chen who used to work for the Clintons and um, the other director was somebody I'm trying to remember who, but was like an executive director for one of Oprah's shows. I mean, big names. So these are mm-hmm. these are names you can easily look up if you want to get into looking into politics. But she worked there and then she announced and she immediately had a bunch of Hollywood people uh, supporting her. Uh, Natalie Portman did like a couple of interviews for, I mean, uh, videos for her, um, and uh, you know, uh, she she ran uh, under the DSA ban- banner and Ground Game LA, which was a group that started up. I think they're still around. That's connected still to DSA. Which, uh, first of all, uh, some of these tactics uh, have been used by other people and and they're great tactics. They just ground game was knocking on doors for her mm-hmm. and um, and they've knocked on doors for other candidates. And, and uh, knocking on doors is is a big deal. It really knock, knock, still works. On candidate <laughs> yeah.
0: <I'm> so, sorry. <laughs> but do you think the people knocking? I don't want to say are being duped do you think they're true believers in the fact that they can have a socialist in office are they just true believers in the rhetoric
2: um la is an interesting place Mm. Mm -hmm. and okay i'll i'll put it to you like this so um when all the george floyd stuff came down right um All the signs in the windows of the liberal neighborhoods in L.A. went up, you know, Mm -hmm. defund the police, um, uh, Black Lives Matter, et cetera, et cetera. And um, I don't know if you remember this, but all of that, all those protests kind of died down about three weeks before the Fourth of July. Mm -hmm. Those same people bombarded me with so many phone calls about there's a guy blowing off fireworks in my neighborhood and the police are not down there arresting him oof and oof. they don't even see the irony of calling me up and screaming at me where are the police the guy is blowing off M80s down the street after they just put a sign up that said deep on the police they they don't things like that. Don't don't uh, think of it. And it's the same thing. If if an unhoused person is living in an RV, they have sympathy for them until they put that RV on their street, and then they are very, very upset. And they want the police there now. Mm. That's LA. Um, Mm. And particularly not not just LA, but it's LA. uh, It's a certain type of LA person. So yeah, they probably felt really good about voting for the uh, I'm voting for a socialist, but at the same time, like that's what we were just talking about earlier, is um, you know, Nithya is she's a full-blown Zionist now, and um, oh yeah, that's because her her neighborhood is rich people in the film industry, and so she. So came you trying out, to say the
0: Jews control Hollywood?
2: Yeah, and she has not backed off at all. You know, <laughs> no, I yeah. Okay, I didn't say that. <laughs> I didn't say that. <laughs>
1: Almost got you. I was
2: just stating the facts. And, and by the way, I don't want to be one of those people. It's not, look, I've lived in Los Angeles. I went to WashU, but most of my friends are self-hating Jews. So Okay, I thought uh, you going to say, only
0: my good friends are Jews. Uh,
2: my good friends are self-hating Jews of the, you know, um, anti-Semitic. <laughs> I guess yeah, the, uh,
0: the pro-Palestinian variety
2: pro-Palestinian variety and um, but you know and I have friends who like I just saw a quote from a, a good friend of mine who was pretty pro-Zionist and mm. as you know I, I, I went to Washington D.C. in March because I that's how I think right now mm. I, I think it's horrible what's going on in Gaza and I um, but that's me and uh, I don't tell other people how to think. But it will be interesting to see how this, you know, I, I, as you had mentioned that you talked to a couple of DSA people who were walking for Nithya. Yeah. And I, I had you look at that, that the, the DSA just condemned her and sent a letter of uh, condemnation to her. So, um, so this,
0: this kind of gets into the whole value question I get, that I asked at the top of the, the monologue, which is if you have the letter next to your name, Uh, And and I want to get you into sauce opinion on this when you have the letter next to him, socialism, a DSA member, blah, blah, blah. Does that mean anything after you get into the position when you have a donor base now that's making sure you stay in office because you will start to get uh, threats from the right? And apparently there is a threat from her right coming in that has some some big dollars in this race. Yeah. is this a political alignment to stay in office, um, kind of prote- shielding herself from an assault from the right? I'm making this sound like it's it's a lot more physical than it is.
2: Well, OK. And we originally were talking about, OK, so political grooming. Um, just to start out with um, now, Nithya is not one of these people, but the person who ran against us had gone through two different candidate schools. Mm. Uh, one was that with the center of American progress. Mm. And the other one, I forget which it was, but there are these candidate schools, the Democratic Party has one, there's a group called Cora that produced uh, a lot of Democratic politicians in California, Alex Padilla, not only came out of there, he was um, given a scholarship to MIT, out wow. of high school to be part of the Democratic Party. He's now a senator. Um, but Cora is a group that it operates mostly in California. I, I don't know if they operate in the rest of the country, but there are a bunch of young people who are interested in running for office. And they used to co- ask to come by and speak to me every year when I was in Highland Park. And I would have, you know, like, you know, 15 eager young people who want to run for office someday, asking questions about gentrification. and. um how can, the way, <laughs> how, how can I make it work for me? What's
0: that?
2: Gentrification. How can I make it work for me? Oh God. You know what? So I got when I was in Paraguay, uh, one of my constituents called because apparently that office is not getting back to anybody. Um I've I've had a few of these phone calls, but um, you know the little restaurant I took you to that I love? Yes. The Italian punk rocker guy? Yeah. He's going out of business. Oh, <gasps> it really bummed me out and and they were like now now that the the, the neighborhood wants to they're worried that whoever it was the place is being taken over by a big uh, liquor con- conglomerate and they're worried that they're going to be selling alcohol late at night and how can i help them stop and i said well you know it's uh, grandfathered in but uh, i gave them the i gave them the name of uh, who to talk to and who to complain to at the uh, uh the liquor board. And uh that's uh and I said good luck. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The uh,
0: But two you wanna to add to that?
2: What's
1: that? Um, the political grooming question. I think I think it matters Cause do you hear an echo? No. Oh, okay. I do. I have headphones on now. Um Uh, I think it matters because at least initially you're going to have people wondering where your values are. You're going to have a little bit of friction there.
0: But as as Bill said, the person that defeated them in their election um, came from one of these candidate schools and it didn't matter. Mm. Did it feel does it feel like sometimes when you have a city like Los Angeles or New York, for example, where you're kind of gonna have these waves, um, especially certain areas of those those big cities where there's always going to be fresh meat of citizens, gentrifiers we'll call them. Mm-hmm. And
1: fresh meat. <laughs> <laughs> fresh meat of citizens. <laughs> well, that, that, I'm that fresh
2: took, off the vampire that's who beat us January. right mm-hmm. I, I I think I've told you this like we won like 75 percent of the Latino vote yeah but we lost nine to 90 to 10 of the new white people that moved into Highland Park and all those neighborhoods mm-hmm. um and most of them hadn't even lived there that long um I mean it was like night and day like it had it just been latinos in in cd1 we would have won handily um and and why is somebody who works for that and i i just went i just went through the our our opponents um uh funding and the it's like a, a if you like young actresses she got all of their um gabby Hoffman sent a check from new york uh oh, wow. pill who i adore she donated twice And uh, and this one I finally figured it out. But Betty Thomas, you know, the actor who became director, uh, apparently she's friends with uh, Jane Fonda, and who was against us. And uh, uh, one of the IEs was put together by Betty Thomas. Wait a minute.
0: Why was Jane Fonda mad at you? What did you guys do to piss Jane Fonda off?
2: I don't know, but you know, the boss was a friend with Tom Hayden. Maybe she still holds a grudge. You know, I don't know. (laughs) <laughs> You're over there I
0: Pissing know. off G.I. Jane man What did you do wrong
2: I don't know. called her Hanoi
0: Jane and I called her G.I. Take that um, annoying
2: anyway, Jane. I, I, my favorite Jane Fonda was when she was married to Ted Turner and she sat in that box doing the tomahawk chop.
0: <laughs> racist Jane was your racist favorite. <laughs> no one remembers Racist Jane as much, she's not as popular. Someone says C.I.A.
2: Jane. <laughs> um. But, but, in, but, you know, the uh, one thing I will say about you and this is that I because I, I, I was looking up a bunch of stuff and she and uh, Kenneth Mejia, they're the only two that have said, you know, they want a ceasefire in Gaza. And um, they can't get the rest of that city council in communist L.A. to go along with them. And I find <laughs> that really odd, but it does kind of make sense. And I think people I think people are afraid uh, sometimes in Los Angeles to say certain things. So.
0: Um, but does it make it okay so you had made some statements about because one thing we're not really talking about here is why the where the money comes from makes a difference and let's go back to Nithya for a second you were talking about um, how she's so the her she ran on sorry for, for kind of jumping all over the place she ran on trying to fix homelessness and housing but She's real cool to do sweeps in certain areas.
2: Yeah, well, I definitely knew that because I was uh, and I should. Anyway, I was at, I was at a police board thing and and um, I, I actually there's a great quote from her. Uh, from her L.A. Times interview that I was looking at, which I found interesting. Uh, Where is this one? This is from Nithya. Um, how many? LAPD officers, they need more or fewer? Raman, I don't know. I'll tell you the same I told you last time, four years ago when I was running, which is I don't have a sense of how many officers the city actually needs. I don't have clarity on how officers are deployed, she said in an interview. And while I engage with LAPD, we don't have a significant over, operational oversight into how they work. Well, that's probably because she doesn't go to any, none of her people go to meetings, but that's just me. Um, I got to find, where's this? Anyway. Uh, anyway, I can't. Uh,
1: she seemed really comfortable saying, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, well, but, but I was, at,
2: I, I told you and I was, I was at a meeting um, where um, she, uh, she wasn't there, but the LAPD was reporting that they were, removing all the um, RVs uh, in the neighborhood right next to hers where her friends live. And mm-hmm. that's the only time I ever heard them doing much of anything with LAPD. So I thought that was kind of, you know, I thought it was interesting at any rate of like, really, that's where you're moving them from? Because, um, yeah, I, I, I mean, but most politicians are like that, you know, and they just had that thing in Sacramento cleaning up a part of the, the the parks in sacramento which are overrun but they're moving mm-hmm. them out for a paul thomas anderson movie with you know uh leonardo dicaprio in it so um, well you know they not have
0: homeless people next to leo that's part of his contract
2: yeah well and then you, you also had the uh you know what happened when they had the uh trade in uh, san francisco yeah you know they cleaned up the mm-hmm. downtown area um you know because you know i think these people do care about homelessness because it's the big issue i think they care about housing because it's the big issue but most of these people they they want to be somebody and that's the attraction of politics because otherwise you know and I'll, i'll be honest with you you almost have to find a narcissist to run for office because who else is going to put up with that? You know, it's, it's a hard gig to go in front of people and have them, you know, so you have to be the type of person who just doesn't give a a darn what they say. You know, know, everybody
0: thinks that there's some, you know, gosh, darn it, uh, darn honest. Mr. Smith goes to Washington ass, you know, fucking guy (laughs) that they're going to elect into office. Um, I agree with you 100% that you do have to be a bit of a narcissist to go full hog and go, I want to run uh, for office. Because also, you're talking to constituents that have constant short memories, don't trust you at this point. Right. Um, don't and trust you. Sh- and probably
2: shouldn't. <laughs> yeah,
0: right. Um, and politics is showbiz for the ugly. <laughs> <laughs> but but um
2: sadly that's that's partially true it used to be uh comedy was politics for the ugly but now they're getting better looking all the time too
0: yeah that's weird and not as funny it is um, <laughs> but but when when i when i think about these things I i do think that a lot of these people want to make their mark in something and have their signature legislation Mm-hmm. Especially if they're careerists that want to move up some sort of ladder. It's like, right. well, I have to have my signature thing. And sometimes that signature thing will will backfire on you as as um, feelings change, as the political winds change. Think of Kamala Harris, for example. Her being the top cop. Um, oh, and now it's moniker.
2: backfired
0: on her, yeah. It, it ended up backfiring on her years later, but for a long time, she was well, black was- excellence personifying.
2: Well, that's no one had a problem with her. That's part of the problem with the two parties. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, And I I have become somebody I I don't I don't know what party I'm in at this point. um, Because I have some views that certainly don't sit with the current Democratic Party or the current Republican Party. But um, everybody looks to the Democrats to be a certain thing. But the people who were and this just started, uh, it's always probably been true, but particularly when uh, uh, Democratic uh, Leadership Council started, which now people call, you know, um, neoliberal or whatever. But that's that all started when the Clintons and all those people started that uh, we have to run to the right to, uh, you know, become president was the theory. Mm-hmm. And uh So now you have a Democrat and you vote them in thinking they stand for one thing, but they suddenly become a warmonger and we need to lock people up because they don't want to be considered weak. Right. Mm -hmm. So you have a better chance if you want peace to support Rand Paul, who's kind of an idiot, but, you know, um, kind of. At least he stands for like, I mean, he and, and, and maybe it's because of the American first libertarian thing. But if you want them to stop bombing people in the Middle East and you want to stop, you know, wars all over the world. Who do you go to in the Democratic Party, AOC votes for every, you know, money for the military industrial complex and pretty much so does Bernie. So, I mean, who do you vote for? I don't know.
0: But is it more about voting, or more about what kind of power can you have within an organization to push a certain elected official a certain way?
2: Well, that's an interesting thing because, I, and I'm I'm gonna hate myself for saying this, but you know maybe Jimmy Dore was right about the uh, whole, uh, you know, um, force the vote. Force the vote, because you look what Matt Gates has gotten done in his party. Why couldn't uh, you know that group of people that uh, Kyle Kalinski And what happened to Kyle Kalinski? He he had this great movement started. The next thing you know, he's like a standard Democrat with blonde hair. Like, what's up with that? <laughs>
0: Bill, there you go. There you go. Trying to get me in all kinds of podcast trouble with people that I don't know well. And no beef with. I'll give you my opinion. on force. Politics. I'll give you my opinion on force the vote. There's a massive difference between mm. um, saying we want to force a floor vote for Medicare for all. Remember, that's what it was about. And people had already said where they stood on it. And Marcus, <clears throat> who was on the show. Me and him were having a conversation about it one day, and he actually, if you don't know, worked like yourself for a senator.
2: Yeah, I like Marcus. He's and,
0: and, and he was saying that at that time that it happened, there was some there was there was one procedure that hadn't happened yet. So people had to first have this one I can't remember exactly what it was. And he was like, that hadn't happened yet. There was also the thing, there was like money what what checks were supposed to go out at the time there was like a lot of things and marcus was giving me all these these laying out all these reasons right mm-hmm. and and he was like ultimately that wasn't what were you going to do after you did that and there's a huge difference between what someone like matt gates is doing and what jimmy Dore is saying you could have done because it's also about parliamentary tricks and not about people power
2: that's that's partly true but basically the the one trick they had was they just blocked they kept blocking them from getting voted in uh, at the beginning to get to build that power Um, I guess I guess my concern if somebody put uh, I don't know which party I'm in means you're a conservative I don't know if that's true but uh, (laughs) who knows Maybe they are looking at me. He's old. He must be a conservative. He doesn't know what party he's in, but, um,
0: as much trap hip hop as you listen to
2: that's, you well, you're, you're conservative. one of the things Marcus and I were talking about is like they've spent trillions on the F 35, which is a piece yeah. of crap, right? Yeah. Even if you were a military person, right? It's a piece of crap. And the Rand report actually predicted what's happening now. They said, by the time you finish building this piece of garbage, the whole warfare is gonna be different. It's gonna be drones and things like that. And that's exactly what's happening right now in all these wars. They're finding out that, I mean, we we have ships over there firing, you know, $60 million missiles at a, you know, $15,000 drone and we can't hit it um, in the Red Sea. I mean, it's just, and, and the Rand Corporation that that was, Lockheed Martin paid for this study, said that's what was going to happen by the time the F-35 came out. And they just kept going forward with it. we got to spend this money. we got to spend this money. It was the same arguments they're using now. Well, you know, it's made in 50 states and blah, blah, blah. But just think how many states would have, uh, you know, health care if we had, you know, actual health care in this country. And every time they bring up health care, they say things like... uh, you know, I remember in like 2008 when they were talking about it, it's like, well, it'll cost a hundred billion dollars a year for 10 years to do this, and now suddenly they can they can find a hundred billion dollars for anything right now. So why don't we have $100 health care?
0: I get excited when I find 20 bucks in my pocket, more or less than hundred billion dollars lying around. But check no, check the couch.
2: Check the couch. <laughs> yeah, I, I just they find money for these ridiculous things. And, mm. and, and then when you ask for something that, so I, I don't know, if force the vote would have worked, but it, I haven't seen the, the quote, unquote, squad or whatever you want to call them. I haven't seen them do much of anything.
0: Because they're not they're not a political up. block. But that's the thing. That's all marketing, right? Yeah, that's all that's, Let's get back to media creation. And I think a lot of what we see here with the letters next to your name, D or 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 R or or even uh, DSA elected, a lot of times it's about marketing to,
2: mm-hmm.
0: and and we're in an era now where people really understand themselves as brand, in a, in a way that.
2: But do do you think right now? One thing that, what's interesting to me is, because I did I did. Uh, I'm outing myself because, you know, none of my political people are on here in the chat. But I I told Jason this. I I went to Washington, um, D.C. for the march. I almost went to the second one, but I was on my way to Paraguay. Um, But I've been to a couple of the marches, uh, you know, to, um, you know, demand a ceasefire, which I hope we see. But you don't see any coverage. These are massive. There's protests every day. Mm. And back in the sixties when they were protesting against the Vietnam War, that was in the papers. Now it's not.
0: But, but that when- was also part of a narrative of a young generation that you were a part of.
2: Mm-hmm. Right? No, no, that was my brother. I'm 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 too young for that stuff. <laughs> Look at Ben. I, I, <laughs> <laughs> I I'm not I'm the Blue Oyster Cult generation, my friend. <laughs> <laughs> but <laughs> you're like, fuck the '60s. I'm like, I'm like smoking, uh, smoking uh, really bad pot with seeds in it, and holding my lighter up for the light show during, uh, you know, Don't Fear the Reaper. Uh, <laughs> but,
0: but that, I feel, this is my opinion, and Tucson. I don't know if you agree with me on this i feel that is an era where that was the the narrative that the media wanted to show this young generation of uppity privileged kids protesting a war against the greatest generation right and that that was the media narrative that we got mm-hmm. now not so much and you got to ask yourself too was it the protest that stopped the vietnam war or the Viet Cong?
2: Oh, I think a lot of things stopped the Vietnam War. Uh but it
0: wasn't and a probably, flower in pro- a gun.
2: Probably not. I mean, um you know, I I I smart think smart money uh, says no. <laughs> <laughs> I I
1: well,
2: I th- I think it all I, I, I think everything's always a, a group of things, but mm-hmm. I, I am kind of stunned at um And it's true, uh, uh, because when I went out with these young people walking and I was like, there was like 20 old people and everybody else was young Mm -hmm. and there were like 200,000 people there. The the one time I was in D.C., Mm -hmm. they get all of their news online. They don't they don't they don't care what The New York Times says. You know, there's all these articles in uh, the paper of what MSNBC says, what Fox says. They're they're not listening to any of it. There's
0: but they are. They are. Because everything they're listening to online is someone that read the New York Times and goes, in the New York Times, they just said this, and I'm going to comment on why I think this is wrong, right, or whatever.
2: That's a good point.
0: So, yeah, I hate when people say, I don't read. It's like, okay, well, you just watch someone else that does, and that's just lazy. (laughs) Just read it. You don't have to like it. (laughs) Their foreign policy is going to suck. There is some decent journalism in some of these newspapers uh there is some decent journalism that you can get out of some of these these uh these new shows some i don't not all but you know there's nobody on there's a few people that actually go out but then you have to you know i don't even want to get into the weeds on this some of these people that go out and do journalistic reports it's like how'd you get that access man you know what is this story gonna What is this story gonna be like? You just walked into China like that, willy nilly, and just <laughs> walked into
2: China. I don't see anything wrong here. So everybody's having a party. <laughs> well, that kind of brings it back to what we are supposed to be talking about. Like, mm-hmm. if you if you re- really want to be a good voter, right? If you really want to be a good citizen, I think. You have to like, (laughs) I I would say the first thing you want to do is anything you read, any politician, find out who's giving them money Mm. because it's a transactional world, whether you like it or not. Mm. And if somebody gets, you know, a million dollars from somebody, that person wants something from them. And more often than not, eventually they're going to give it to them. And, uh, or they'll give that million, the next time they'll give that million dollars to somebody else to run against them, you know? And, uh, Oof. you know, I I, I think, you know, I, I'm, I'm just one of these ridiculous people. Like, the first thing I do is look, where did this person go to school who wrote this article? And, uh, you know, mm-hmm. it, it, you know, they, they, first of all, I don't know. If you have any friends who went to Yale, they, they talk about the, you know the Skull and Bones Club. Did you know everybody at Yale has to be in one of those private clubs? Has it's to like, be? Yes, they have to be in one of those private clubs. Now the Skull and Bones is one of the more Richie Rich ones, and it's just it's just like a high school movie. My some of my friends went. Oh, I was in this club. It's like the you know the losers at the uh, in the in the. Uh, uh, lunchroom club or whatever. Um, by the way, way burnout. I mean, I'm going to tell you something. I don't night. know why, but I'm going to out myself. I went to the lunchroom in seventh grade, and I never went back. I had two friends. We used to like volunteer to do the laundry, the the towels in our gym, and they would let us eat lunch in the locker room. And then in high school. Um, we had what was called an open campus. I, I spent like one year, and so I watched those movies. Like I don't know what they're talking about, but I do, I do get it. I don't think I'd want to sit in a lunchroom. It sounds really awful.
0: Well, also I don't know where, you, what kind of school you went to. They had towels in a gym, so you must have went to a fancy school where.
2: <laughs> no, they. That's,
0: that's my, my, my PE class I'm had a yo-yo gym. for PE.
2: <laughs>
0: Jesus. I'm being totally honest. Albany High,
2: yo yo-yo. yo. And we
0: got to go. We we didn't have to dress for PE for one semester because it was bowling, and we walked to the bowling alley. That was a
2: couple. We did that ago. too in Linwood. We did bowling, and That's uh, the cheating bowling alley was. <laughs> but, but they would actually take us on a bus over to the bowling alley, and uh,
1: we had to every, walk. You
0: you went bowling, bowling
2: too.
1: We went bowling as a class trip.
0: Oh was, no, bowling was a PE. A, was a PE for us. I went to you, Preston Johnson's. Where did I go to high school? I went to Albany High School in Albany, California.
2: Wow, the Albany High Cougars, baby! Did did you have did you have a month of dancing each year? <laughs> we had, we had eighth, like eighth, cultural eighth, dancing. Eight, no, eighth grade was uh eighth grade was folk dancing. We had a square dance and do shit like that. Oh no! And then and then ninth grade was the big one social dancing where they taught us to to waltz and do the the box step and that's when the girls and i would have loved that
0: i would have loved that i had a i had a a girlfriend i dated that taught me how to oh what dance was that to cha-cha she said if you're going to date a filipino you need to learn how to cha-cha
2: Wow. Did, did, did you did you have to go to the roller rink for the, your dances in uh, junior? Year?
0: <laughs> you got to stop watching Atlanta.
2: <laughs> no,
0: I'm from Richmond, California. That was,
2: that, was big, that was a big dance, and you knew, you knew you were in in good with a girl when it was the the trio dance, mm-hmm. and she and her best friend came and got you because not only her but her best friend, so you were hooked up.
0: It was a big, big thing, man. <laughs> no, I. we did not have that at my school at all. My school also didn't have things like rallies. And then didn't have what? You
2: didn't have rallies?
0: Rallies, and then one year we didn't even have cheerleaders. Wow. Yeah, it was a very different school, man. Very well, different school. Hippies, kids. Oh, Hippies kids. Hippie, literally, hippies. literally. Literally, Country Joe McDonald's son went to school with me.
2: Oh, did you know Seven McDonald?
0: Uh nope, not that one.
2: Okay. Anyway, um not the number.
0: You said Devin or Seven?
2: Seven. Seven Devin,
0: her- devin I know Devin. 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 No,
2: seven McDonald was uh one of Country Joe's daughters.
0: No. I know, I son. Don't know
2: no. devin Anyway, um so back to the groomy. So <laughs> I mean it's it's (laughs) a growing politicians, um, because that's what we're talking about. Most of these most of these people don't come out of nowhere. That's kind of my point. It's like Mm -hmm. they they have gone to these schools, they have You know, and and as far as like the DSA and everything, um, Jason's still laughing. So, so Wendy Carrillo, who's a friend of mine, and she's running in CD14 right now. And sadly got, uh, because her people didn't handle her right. She got a, she got pulled over for a DUI. Um, But I like the way you said
0: that because her people didn't (laughs) handle
2: her. (laughs) They didn't. You're running, you're going to run for city council. You have. Funding behind you. Somebody should be driving you around. And
0: oh, that's uh, what you meant. I thought you meant they didn't take care of the. So
2: they didn't. <laughs> <laughs> I thought the grass knuckles needed to come I, out. I she she never like should people. have been driving. Anyway, so so CD14 is Kevin, um, who was one of the people at that meeting, mm-hmm. who's the current city council person. Wendy carrillo who she before she didn't come out of DSA, but she came out of the Bernie movement. Right. Mm. And she went to standing rock. Cause that was the big thing before the DSA. Okay. That's how you got your cred. You went to standing rock and protested Damn. and, 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 you know, you were a Bernie person who went to standing rock. And so she won her Damn. seat and, uh, and there's money that came in behind her because she, you know, she was in political circles and, uh, and then she became an assembly person and then she became kind of a standard Democrat, you know, that seems to be how it goes. you come from the left. That's how Barack Obama did it. He's like, that's yeah. why I mentioned, you know, free to you. Yeah. You know, he was in a very liberal district. He mm-hmm. hung out with like, you know, the, 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 the pastor and the, the what sort the, the bill, what's his face and his wife that were in the, uh, the original DSA, the, uh, the, the, what was the um, you know they bombed the 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 two that teach at Northwestern and University of Chicago that uh, were convicted for bombing? Oh,
0: the 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 SDS the uh, Weatherman people.
2: Yeah, yeah. He yes, was yeah, hanging yeah. out with the Weatherman. Bill and, Ayers, and, uh, somebody said
0: Bill Ayers. Yeah.
2: Yeah, Bill Ayers. There, oh yes, yeah. there we go. Yes, Bill Ayers. But who's the hot wife that? Uh,
1: <laughs> Focus. Bill. You ever see that Focus movie? Bill. You're like,
2: I want to be in the weather underground. These things are cute. Um, They're not hurting right. anybody. No one's in those buildings. Bernard, yes, Bernadine Dorm. Go back and look at the picture of Bernadine Dorm from back in the day. It's surprising they didn't have more people joining the Weathermen. Um, is that DSA's uh, problem? Oh.
0: DSA has an image problem. Put the hotties first.
2: Um, those are the good old days um anyway um but you know obama hung out with them and then of course he you know when he was running for president i don't even know these people not only do i not agree with them i don't know them and those pictures are faked you know and he became a standard you know de- yeah. i i would say every you know yeah. who's a republican. I I think Obama was a republican
0: <laughs> when everybody's when everybody a republican. <laughs> yeah. Well
2: that's that, that's that's the old joke. What do you call a what do you call a California republican? A democrat. Oof. Yeah. Oof. And uh you know, it's just uh yeah, you can't run as you so so we're, <laughs> so that guy's kind of right that there's probably republican money coming in on the side of the guy that's Running against Nithya, but I I was checking it, and most of the money's coming from the police and uh, uh, fire department. They really seem to want her out.
0: Why? Okay, so, and this isn't—I do want to get this straight. I don't know. First of all, I don't live in Los Angeles or vote in Los Angeles, and I have nothing against DSA LA whatsoever. Um, and I don't think Bill does either,
2: right, Bill? No, right, Bill. <laughs> <laughs> right, no,
0: seriously. I we, again, we were with a couple of the guys last night. We had a great time. I have one wonderful dudes, no problem. This is No, well, it,
2: it just it surprised me because of the fight that they're going through with Nithya right now.
0: I um, think the I think the person running against her that you know the police in Los Angeles, as you know, as a longtime LA resident, is a yeah. gang of its own.
2: Well, it, I, I will say it. It's a whole different animal right now. It's prime. It's something like eighty-five percent Latino. Yeah. Um, and. You know, uh, as I, as you know, I, I was friends with and went to all the punk rock shows back in the day and they did used to, I mean, Daryl Gates was a different animal Oof. and, uh, you know, they used to surround the clubs and just beat the shit out of the kids. And, and, uh, they used to do that at, at protests too. Um, you know, all through the nineties, there used to be a September student, uh, criminal justice march and every year they beat the shit out of the kids, you know, and it was like, uh, um, you know, I, I, I'll, I'll just, I, am not sure I've talked to you about this, but I, I originally got recruited. <laughs> I got recruited to do regular politics out of, I was doing, um, I was part of a group called direct action network and we did protest around, um, globalization and, uh, the, 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 nobody even seems to remember the battle in Seattle anymore. We did the DNC and uh, mm-hmm. and uh, then I was recruited to do regular politics after that because I was kind of just volunteering and doing stuff. But um, when we did the, um, we had a thing called the Convergence Center. And um, that was when they just started um, penning up the kids and or any protesters. They would like make you stay a long way from the, venue and and you have to speak in a like that's that's when they um beat everybody up and it wasn't everyone says that the rage against the machine rage against the machine had already left the stage it was during ozol motley's set that the cops came in maybe because they didn't what concert is this
0: you're talking about
2: there was a for the 2000 dnc we had oh the
0: 2000 dnc okay
2: and they made everybody go in a pen to watch Mm mm-hmm and then they came to the back of the pen and the police said everybody has to leave now and then they stood there was only one exit and they were in the exit and then they just started shooting the shit out of like they had the beanbag things yeah and uh it was just they just you know it was just typical lapd back then um and uh that was a different time because tom brokaw called us like. despicable young people and blah, blah, blah. <laughs> and it was a, a bunch of like most of the organizers were like at the ACLU and, and they're the people who went on to become Democrats and be part of the city council. But, um, uh, yeah, so they, they, uh, uh, raised against the machine played and then Ozo Motley got on stage and that's when they uh, started shooting, uh, rubber bullets into the crowd and telling everybody they had to leave. And, um, I don't know where it's going with this, but can uh, say
0: shout out to Oza Motley for following Rage Against the Machine because that's a really tough follow. It is, yeah.
2: But, you know, they, maybe they just weren't. They wanted us to stay there and watch Oza Motley. Your,
0: <laughs> you know that you've uh, got all hyped
2: up. But, watch but we, Latin we had
0: music with infused kids with. Kids from
2: Motley. the east side that did the social justice marches, yeah. and and we would help them, and and the, the cops would just beat the shit out of the kids every year in september it was like a and they didn't arrest anybody because they didn't want to arrest anybody like what do you
0: I just got want to beat the shit them? out of people
2: yeah and they used to do that to the punk clothes too it's like they just, you know, uh, I, I meet people here in Athens. Oh, they used to arrest us. It's like yeah, they didn't arrest people then. They beat the shit out of you. They didn't even want to bother taking you in.
0: But that's, that's what I wanted to bring up, you know, like if 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 the candidate running against Nithia is getting, you know, LAPD money and LAPD and the sheriff's department, the little bit that I've been following, they're pretty, they're still pissed about the whole defund shit now four years ago
2: yeah but what they're doing and that's the thing that they were asking nithya they're down like 1500 cops and they're not going to get any more and they're we're down city of la is down like 1500 sanitation workers Mm. and look i don't know what you do about that but most of the people who have those like I, i said earlier you know they're the the same people call you up and they want somebody arrested for (laughs) blowing off fireworks they want you know that that's how people are unfortunately it's like everybody hates the cops until there's some guy in your yard who's taking a whiz and then they want the guy arrested you know it's just it's just it's just the way it it is taking (laughs) a whiz
0: in the yard today takes everything you got (laughs) (laughs) wouldn't you like to get away.
2: (laughs) I I told you this, this is like, like, I'm out there with with people, right. And I always knew, I always knew it was coming when somebody would sidle up next to me, right? They didn't want to say it in front of everybody else. They go like, you know, Bill, it's not that I don't have empathy for the homeless. And I knew that the next thing that was coming was, was something along the lines of, have you seen some of the things they do in Saudi Arabia? That were, <laughs> you know? no. Not, not, not all of the Führer's uh, ideas were wrong. you know. Well, like, Jesus. You know?
0: <laughs> <laughs> I'm not saying we starve them, just gas them first.
2: You know? But whenever they said that, and it, and it was like, it's, it it's, they don't even know what a stereotype they are cuz that's always how they say it. It's not that I don't have empathy for them. It's like empathy or sympathy, would we, should we argue definitions here like, you know.
0: So, someone says NIMBY will save us all. Look, we that it's P in my front yard, so you're going to have to change that acronym <laughs> to hmm. P, P in, in my front yard. <laughs> Uh. i think if so if i saw if i had first of all if i had grass and someone was pissing in it and they were like full hog in front of the window or something pissing in the grass i'd be i'd be like hey hey kill the grass when you do that that's what that's all that's what i would say
2: that's too acidic
0: that's too acidic
2: (laughs) so i'm gonna i'm gonna tell i'm gonna tell my best lapd story um and I, I'll make it short. Okay. But it does take a, a couple of minutes. So right before the riots, um, and, and everybody knew what was going to happen if the cops got off. Right. Mm-hmm. You're
0: talking um, about uh 90, 92, 92.
2: Okay. Um, I had just changed my life and I had a handful of days at the time of not putting a lot of substances in my body and, uh <laughs> I had bought this car actually from the drummer of the Dream Syndicate, uh, but actually I bought it from Steve Wynn, who bought it from the drummer of the Dream Syndicate. So it was a total Dream Syndicate car, and it was a 68 Dodge Dart. Okay. And um, some kids tried to steal it from my front yard, and I called the police, and they, um, uh, my friends were like, ah, oh, they're never going to answer. And it took like forever for them to like take my report, but I, it was one of those times I'm glad I did the report, right? So we get up the next day and my car's gone right and uh so i call in i said you know i made a report last night and somebody stole my car and he said uh can you give us a license plate and i said yeah and i give him the license plate and then i hear this hold on a minute and then the next thing i hear is like uh uh like false report of a stolen car division or whatever you know and i said what And it's like just give us your license and then i give the plate number again he goes like Hold on a second. And then I get like hit and run. Yeah. Anyway, turns out that these guys had stole my car and smashed it into a police car. Right. Oh. And then, and then gotten away. And, um, <clears throat> fortunately I had called my city council person. So they sent a policeman over to take me downtown and it was literally the day before the verdict came down. So they were already on edge. And they took me in this uh, thing in this room and started like it it was like I was on Kojak or something. It's like, so (laughs) let me understand, Mr. Cody, you uh, rammed your car into a police car and then went home and reported it stolen. Is that correct? And I'm like, no. And (laughs) (laughs) and, And they kept doing this like thing. So finally I go like I'm like, you need to stop this right now. It's like I told you I didn't, you know, my car was stolen and I'm, I'm giving this guy the business and their captain comes out and goes like, why are you giving my, my police officer a hard time? And I said, I said, cause he's an asshole, sir. <laughs> and then he goes, what did you say? And so they go through this thing and um, make a long story short. They finally admitted they were wrong and blah, 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 blah. And, um, so anyway, the policeman had brought me down there. He pulls me outside afterwards and, and, uh, He goes, Mr. Cody, can I I, I'm going to drive you home in a minute, but uh, uh, I just need to talk to you about something real quick. And I said, yeah, what's that? He goes like, well, um, you know, we've been very, very wrong on all of this. We made a false accusation towards you. Your car's been stolen and rammed into a police cruiser and you, you know, blah, blah, blah. And he goes, but I'd like to tell you one thing. And I said, what's that? He goes, next time you're in a police precinct office, with 20 policemen and their captain and no other civilians, don't tell their captain to go fuck himself. (laughs) (laughs) Because because it's a really bad idea. (laughs) Mm. And and I don't wanna say this wrong, but you're kind of (laughs) lucky.
0: You're kind of <laughs> lucky I didn't uh, fuck you with this baton.
2: But I, I was like newly, I was like new, I didn't have any. I mean, I was newly clean and sober, and I was really angry. And and they fucked up my car. And then the next day the riots broke out. And uh, you know, they, they fucked up your rental. Burning. What's
0: that? And then they fucked and up your rental.
2: rental. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> it, Rodney King, you're like no, no. And, and the funny thing is the meat puppets were coming up to the town They were going to stay at our house, but they couldn't get in cause we were blocked in. And so finally, the next day when everything went haywire, I drove up to Santa Barbara and uh, watched the meat puppets. And they had a total of uh, 52 people paid that night and me and a handful of other people. And Jason Priestley, who was a big fan and two supermodels. And, um, and then I went on the road with the meat puppets for four days because they convinced me to. And by the end of four days, I called my roommate and I said, how bad is it down there? So, well, there's a tank in the in the grocery lot. But other than that, it's fine. I go, I got to get I like, I don't care if they're burning shit. I got to get away from my friends. They're did you
0: did you see that Bill put his thumb up and a thumb? Did you see that, Tucson? What? Tucson? He put his thumb up and then a the thumb came on the screen.
2: Oh, how'd that work?
0: I don't know. That's Tucson, weird. put your thumb up. See what happens. Ah.
2: Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I did my part.
0: <laughs> so Tucson, in closing. In closing. How do you feel about uh, politics?
2: Are we doing the champagne room?
0: Oh, yeah. We're, we're getting ready to do the champagne room. That's where we're, just, we're okay. wrapping this, this one up. Tucson, right. how do you feel about grooming?
2: Um,
1: it's okay when it's done to pets. <laughs> Pet grooming is okay. Some kinds of grooming are okay. Mm-hmm. Pet grooming is one of them.
2: All right. Hey, I read the thumb as a thumb. I don't like that.
0: I don't. I don't know. How does he do it? I, can't I
1: think it. people are reacting during the show. Maybe that's it.
0: No, it has something to do with your... Th- I don't know how he did it. All right, well, Bill's ready for the champagne room.
2: Someone uh, says yeah. there's no link to the champagne room in the Patreon. Is, I don't know if that's true.
0: If it is true, then they're liars.
1: Okay. <laughs> <laughs> should right.
0: It should be up.
1: Make sure you hit like for this show. That's what the thumbs up is supposed to be.
0: Ah. ah. That's what you're here for, goddammit. So, hit like. thank you guys for checking everything out. If you're new here or a returning subscriber, please don't forget to hit like if you haven't. If you're listening on Apple, subscribe, and you can get access to the Champagne Room as well, which we're going to in just a second. If you have the means and you enjoy what we do here on TIR, I want to make sure we can continue to bring you this level of serious <laughs> content <laughs> talking about Bill getting by the police. <laughs> then become a patron for as little as $2 a month or $30 for the year. You can have access to the patron-only champagne room. Join us for movie nights. Get special patron-only merch and so much more. Okay, apparently when I hit publish four days ago, it didn't publish. So I will put that link up. Just give me a second. Um, Bill, thank you for joining us. And we will see you guys in the champagne room where, uh, if you guys would have saw this, I was opening up the phone lines for tonight.
1: Oh. So
0: if you guys have something you want to say about the first hour, we're here for it in the champagne room. And also, we have videos to watch.
1: Wow.
0: We have more daily affirmations for black people by our favorite white woman. More videos of my favorite materialistic couple. You know, the kind of stuff that goes on in the champagne room as well. So we are out.